What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here for another That One Play today, and, and the one we've got for you today is a cool one. It's the 2008 wildcard interception by Ed Reed. There were actually two of them in that game. Uh, the one that was run back for a, a 64-yard touchdown had a little bit of everything in it, and here to talk about it with us is Slava Cooperstein. Slava, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Ken. How are you? Uh, always uh, great to talk football, and uh, this is a, a nice respite from some of the Ravens news going on here. It's March 28th. We're in the middle of Lamar Madness right now in terms of uh, of everything that's going on with the, with the contract negotiations and the trade request and whatnot. But uh, Slava, I appreciate you coming on today and, and talking a little Ed Reed with us. Kind of set this up for us in terms of where the 2008 Ravens were, uh, who, they, who they are to you, and, uh, and uh, what was going on in this rookie year for both Joe Flacco, Ray Rice, and, uh, and John Harbaugh at the same time. Yeah, so the 2008 Ravens season is one that I hold very dear. Um, I, you know, it was just a very memorable season. Had some really classic games. Um, uh, like you said, it was those big three had their rookie season. Uh, for my money, it's the third best Ravens defense ever um, after 2000, 2006, whatever order you want to put those two in. Um, it was a great season from the Ravens. They went 11-5. and five. Uh, got the wild card. They were they were swept by the Steelers in three very very close games, which kind of ratcheted up the rivalry. Um, but there were really memorable games uh, like the game against Dallas and the game against Eagle uh, the Eagles, where Ed Reed had probably a more famous uh, pick six. Uh, but uh, I chose this one because I thought it uh, represented a sort of a changing of what we could come to expect from the Ravens now that they were under. John Harbaugh, as opposed to the Billick teams of the past. Reed, uh, in- incredible season. One of his very big ones. The 2004, he won the Defensive Player of the Year. 2008, I, th- I thought he was robbed. Frankly, uh, the you know there were, I guess Harrison won that won the award, I believe that year, and and certainly had a big year. Palomalo had a fairly big year, but um, the Ravens' defense was extraordinary. It's what really kept them in the in all the way to the AFC Championship and. Frankly, like 2014, as as early an arrival as this team was, kind of a team that missed their opportunity as well in 2008 to win the whole thing. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it was probably a few years before Joe Flacco became an asset in the playoffs. Uh, probably in 2010, he became an asset. Um, but 2008 and 2009, uh, they didn't ask him to do too much. And, and you know, there were some critical moments uh where he didn't quite uh uh put it all together uh but still it was an exciting first year and you know leading up to this you know the sort of the billick uh, years right before this um you know i kind of viewed the ravens in retrospect as sort of being the sum of the parts was greater than the whole like in particular you look at the 2003 season they were when they were one and done in the playoffs despite having defensive player of the year ray lewis 
offensive player of the year, Jamal Lewis, and a defensive rookie of the year in Terrell Suggs, all that talent uh, to be one and done. And, you know, we don't have to go over the painful 2006 exit. Right. Those were those are both painful. Obviously, the lack of a franchise quarterback either of those years really hurt. And Anthony Wright was good for them down the stretch, uh, got them into the playoffs after uh, Bowler was kicking around the football in his first half season in the NFL. Uh, but in the playoffs, uh, you know, met a, a good defense and had a lot of difficulty with it. And that 2016, obviously, with with McNair uh, at the end of his career is was uh, you know not an ideal quarterback situation I think a lot of a lot of Ravens fans view the acquisition of McNair still very positively because of the 13 and three season but there wasn't too much of that that was that was Steve McNair it was it was mostly that Ravens defense and that extraordinary default extraordinary defense it was absolutely you just sort of saw the wheels fall off in real time of, of McNair you know if he had just managed to hold on you know, a little bit like you know, three quarters longer, we probably mm-hmm. would have been viewing that season differently. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, going into this game, we were 11 and five. We were being hosted by the Dolphins, who had beat in week seven. Um, they had made it into the playoffs, winning the AFC East that did not have Tom Brady because he was out for the season with an ACL. Um, they were led by, you know, I would say reasonably competent quarterback play by uh, um, Chad Pennington, the Dolphins mm-hmm. were. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it was the year of the three-headed monster and that great defense, and it, it was just a, it was a pretty memorable game. A lot of things about that Dolphins team, I remember, first of all, Wildcat team, and they were, they were really the first to run a lot of it in, in a season and, and uh, uh, you know, did, did some certainly some positive things there, having Ricky Williams and, uh, and doing what they did there. But also, they were one of the historically low turnover teams of all times. So it only turned it over, I think, 13 times during the regular season. Yeah, Pennington, I think, had a well-deserved reputation for being a very uh, cerebral quarterback. Um, he, he didn't make a lot of stupid mistakes. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much you necessarily put on him in this particular play. I, I do think it was a mistake on his part, not just his uh, receiver falling over, but... Uh, but yeah, no, he was uh, he was not somebody who was known for turning the ball over. It's interesting. This is really the end of Chad Pennington. Uh, this this game in particular, he was 32 years old. Uh, it wouldn't have been hard to see him, you know, go on from this point, get extended, and whatnot. Second in the AP MVP voting that year, but he only played four more career games. Was one in three in those as a starter, finishing up with Miami in 2010. But it would not have been hard to see him. Uh, you know, playing on for a while after that. Yeah, I, I would have thought that he would have been a pretty good mentor as a backup quarterback to a younger uh, quarterback. Um, and, you know, not not a great way to go out if you want to call this his last hurrah. Um, but, yeah, you know, just going into the game, um, you know, in the beginning, you mentioned the Wildcat. Something that I noticed while rewatching this game is the Wildcat and the sort of trick plays that the that Miami was trying to run were just like very ineffective against mm-hmm. that Ravens defense. We kind of had it all figured out. Uh, you know, the problem was on offense. We weren't being we weren't particularly good either. Um, uh, so you know, after the first quarter, uh, we had just exchanged field goals, um, and and you know, the running our run game was reasonably effective, but we just couldn't get it into the end zone, um, which led us to uh, about two minutes and 52 seconds in the, in the, uh, in the first half, uh, where we, we come to this play. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, uh, so uh, go ahead. Sorry, you froze for a second. Um, I was just uh, going to set it up on third and eighth. Um, uh, it was third and eight uh, on Miami's 19 yard line. And I believe uh, the Dolphins uh, lined up three wide. Um, and, uh, and so that's, you know, the, uh, the play starts. Uh, there's a decent amount of pressure by Jameel McClain, uh, who, who probably, uh, and I have fond memories of Jameel McClain. I remember him uh, picking up some safeties uh, a, a few times uh, in his uh, Ravens career before he went on to the Giants. Um, I, but, I, I uh, believe Jameel decent... McClain is still the first ever player to record a safety in his first NFL defensive snap. So he, he took down Jamarcus Russell in the end zone for, for a safety on his first NFL snap. So that's really something. I, I remember that safety. Um, and I think, uh, I think that might've been this year, uh, the 2008 season. Is that right? Yes. In week. No, wait a minute. Might've been 2006 in week two. No, yeah. I'll look <laughs> now I've forgotten. Um, either way, fond memories of that player. I thought he was a, you know, one of those, you know, great middle linebackers that we, uh, that we churned out, um, uh, you know, seem seem to do all the time. Um, You're correct, by so, the way, it was 2008. Oh, okay, good. Uh, just pull, pulled that out, <laughs> pulled that rabbit out of the hat. Um, so, uh, so right. Uh, so there are three wide and Pennington forced to throw a little bit early. Looks like he doesn't quite get to step into the throw as much as he would like. And, uh, he, he's throwing to number 18, Ernest Wilford, who's running up the left sideline. And, uh, you know, at this point he's double covered by Samari roll and Ed Reed. Uh, so maybe not the best, uh, best candidate to throw the ball to, although, you know, it's possible Reed could have not been covering him at the time that he or was duped uh, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he was known for that. Um, but either way, the coverage was excellent. I, so the receiver falls down due to like, sort of incidental contact with Samari roll. They kind of trip each other up, but I don't, I don't really think that impacted this play because by the time the reason that roll and, and, you know, trips him up is because rolls already looking at the, looking for the ball. He, he knows he's, he's in a good position, uh, and sort of boxed out the receiver and so, you know, Samari Roll was looking to intercept it, but uh, of course, Ed Reed was there, and Ed Reed picks it off, and boy, was that a pretty looking interception! It really, it, it looked like Reed was the intended receiver. Mm -hmm. It's very much an over-the-shoulder catch. Reed had a great ability to to do that. Obviously, Reed, a lot of Reed's career interceptions are are waiting on an overthrow or waiting on a tip, where he's moving towards the football and back towards the line of scrimmage. This was just the opposite. This was very much looked like. Uh, a receiver play and and more like one that's when he gets into this position that he may have baited the quarterback into the throw what I noticed about it was you know this is an exceptional case where the Ravens have a lot of pressure at the line of scrimmage and I didn't I didn't really check to see when I watched it again how many they had rushing but they had a lot of pressure so they may have had drops and other things but they still have double coverage on the back end with the perfect bracket you want against this receiver and it's amazing but this 2008 Ravens defense really they knew where they were in a lot of ways Rex Ryan um at the after that season when he left for New York of course he famously went to to go pick up Bart Scott at his house at 12:01 a.m. when it was legal to talk to him and Ray Lewis made the comment that you know Harbaugh wasn't the coach of that team it was Rex Ryan 
Uh, a lot of people thought he should have gotten his first chance in, in, in Baltimore. But uh, I think, thankfully, as, as it's turned out, that was not the case. Yeah, I think uh, I think Steve Bashotti got that one right. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, I think I think the sort of the resolve and the preparedness of this 2008 team showed, um, you know, Steve, <laughs> Steve Bashotti that he, he, he made the right call. Um, so, uh, you know, I was actually recently listening to your uh, the, the episode about the Ed Reed interception against the Jets. And it was f- funny that you mentioned that Reed would sometimes sort of run along, you know, along the width of the field before, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sort of going in. And, and that's exactly what he did here. He, you know, ran from the offense's left side of the field to the right side, pretty much uh, going, you know, you know, all of five yards, uh, you know, back towards, uh, uh, towards the uh, opposing end zone before, uh, before blocks by Fabian Washington and Jim Leonard, another great 2008 story. Mm-hmm. Um at, at around midfield set up Reed to loop back to the offense's left side of the field. So he almost does sort of this like kind of partial figure eight sort of, sort of deal runs a, an incredible amount of actual yardage. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he sort of starts running back to the offense's left side of the field, this convoy of Samari roll, Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs and Haloti Nada sort of coalesces Um and and just I mean you know pick pick a defender Nada destroys one uh, you know one mm-hmm. Miami player I mean like a real dick leader uh, Bart Scott bumps somebody Suggs demolishes Chad Pennington and right you know right at the end like right at the two yard line Ray makes a little bump uh, you know of of, of a Miami player which leaves uh, Ed Reed clear to make it into the end zone and, you know there there there's the Ravens first touchdown of the game. Just incredible fast break offense by the defense. And they they knew they had to get in the end zone a lot back in those days. I mean, in the years before, even even more so. But really, all of the Ed Reed years, they wanted to play fast break offense, which is which is why Reed was so um, took so many chances with the football. Most of them good. Uh, you know, one of his early interceptions, we remember he got the ball knocked out of his hands as he was celebrating a touchdown a little early. But most of the time, Ed Reed, the laterals he did produced positive value and and uh, uh, you know, were, were definitely things you wanted to see. Uh, I know a lot of people thought he was a gambler. Well, of course he's a gambler. You know, you, you have to gamble some to be a free safety who's effective taking the ball away. We see Marcus Peters today. We, we understand better, I think, today what it means to gamble at cornerback the way he does. But Reed did a lot of that at safety as well. And, and occasionally it would, it would get him beat and he didn't concern himself with that too much. He was like a good closer and he would uh, uh, very often get the interception. When you think about the, the points exchanged there, Reed's sense of gambling is extraordinary. I mean, he's, he, with, without knowing all the math, he's kind of like a Doyle Brunson of, uh, of gambling there on the field. I mean, it's he he understands not just leverage, but he understands exactly where each one of his teammates is on the yes. field, and he understands basically, you know, simultaneously how to communicate to his players just with his movements where he's where he's going, how who's going to need to set up a block, and you know, credit to all of the. I mean, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, at least six defenders c- contributed blocks on this play. And for my money, this is as good a transition defense play as you're ever going to see, um, which is which is why I, you know, I'm a big fan of this play uh, uh, among the many uh, many career highlights that Ed Reed had had yeah. because he 
it, you know, it, it truly was a team effort. It, it is. It, it's a highlight that I'm actually a little surprised we haven't seen more as the play from from Ravens history. But people like yardage returns. So we saw the 104 against Cleveland was the one we saw for a while or whatever it was. I, I may have forgotten the yardage. And the 107 against against Philadelphia. We've certainly seen a lot, you know, in, in history. But this one had it all. And and the thing you mentioned kind of is how well set up those blocks were. It's as if those defenders knew Reed was coming back to that side of the field. And as the Miami entire offense, and remember there's five offensive linemen on the field, so they're not going to have much of a chance to, to, to catch Ed Reed. But as the Miami offense is migrating to that right side of the off from the offense's perspective, the off, the defense has a lot of players that are hanging out on the, on the offensive left side, just knowing that Reed's going to cut back and they are ready. And that the amount of damage they do on that play is is you know as you mentioned, uh, the the Haloti not a block it is is you know a, a decleater and and the uh, and the the the, the wipeout of Pennington. Pennington should have known what quarterbacks know today, which is just basically let that play happen. Somebody else has got to make the tackle uh, because that's <laughs> your 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 chance of getting injured on that play is is pretty darn good. And and Suggs was not going to take it easy on him. Uh, you know, given the the opportunity to take a free shot at the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was, uh, you know, it, it, and, and that was the turning point in the game. Um, I think Miami ended up committing five turnovers in that game, uh, which is to your point, more than a third of their <laughs> entire uh, regular season allotment, which is just a remarkable stat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great play. Slava, thanks so much for coming on and talking about this is a, it's a, it's a great play has, I think a lot of uh, historical significance, both in, in in terms of that particular Ravens team, in terms of how they played defense during the era, and certainly in terms of what we remember about Ed Reed and and uh, whatnot. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you online. Yeah, um, I I'm on Twitter at at Slava Cooperstein. That's you know Lava with an S in front of it, and then it's K U P E R S T E I N, and probably uh, see my name in the summary on on you know if you if you need help spelling that all right outstanding slava thanks for coming on other folks out there if you'd like to be on that one play or have any idea for a short this off season i'm always looking for content always looking for people to talk football with and i'm sure i'd love to talk to you dms are always open on twitter i'll get back to you real soon slava thanks again for coming on thanks for having me ken and we'll talk to you next time on film study Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.